You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It is Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Walker Mail, the show handle on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets. And Doug, when he comes back, you can follow him on Twitter. Don't follow him yet. Just do it. make sure he actually does some work around here because it has been a blank show for me the last couple of days. That includes Friday. I apologize to everybody. People have been asking, why are we not releasing content? And we are supposed to be doing this daily. I appreciate you guys holding my feet to the fire. It has been a problem. Technical issues. Doug is off doing whatever else, leaving me all high and dry with all of this stuff behind the scenes, which I hate to admit he's really good at. Me, not so much. And so I'm trying to do the best I can. But we have some content to talk about for sure with the Hornets playing so well. And I appreciate James Plowright for helping me do this as well. We'll welcome him now. James Plowright at The Hive. Also, now of Sports Illustrated. Congratulations. Go follow him on Twitter, at British underscore Buzz. That's awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm hoping you don't have me fill the Doug role of helping with the tech because I'm, I'm not going to be able to help with that one either. But mm. I'm, I'm doing well, enjoying this last kind of stretch of the season. I think back to last year, this stretch was painful if you remember the slow cling on to the the play-in so this has been quite quite the change of pace and been enjoying it well yeah now we are in the incline on the roller coaster it has been nice to change that after like a month and a half it was damn near two months of just really bad hornets basketball that contributed to a lot of losses at least now you had your five game win streak you beat the jazz you beat the nets with Kyrie Irving playing in Brooklyn and look, last night, you play a Denver Nuggets team, a good Denver Nuggets team, and you play them pretty well. It, just overall feelings on this game, and then we'll focus on some of the individual performances. But, like, James, I, I leave that game, and I think, all right, second night of a back-to-back, yes, it's at the Spectrum Center, but you're going against Denver, who is 45-31 and 31 this year. That's after the victory, so they came in with 44 wins. You have basically one of the worst matchups for a lot of teams in the league. Granted, we are talking about an MVP candidate, but also we know that Nikola can eat a little bit more against the Charlotte Hornets team. And he did last night, especially in the second half, even though I thought they defended him pretty well, given their personnel and what Nikola does. 26 points, 19 rebounds, 11, and 11 assists. But Hornets had their chances. They just didn't have shots fall at the end. Terry wasn't hitting shots all that much. They had some opportunities. Like, I, I don't leave this game and think, you know, damn those Hornets. Oh, now we're now we're going down the roller coaster. Still, like, I, I hate to be that guy where it's like, hey, a good effort type of victory, moral victory, whatever. I, I kind of feel that way. I'm sorry. I do. I don't want to be that guy. How do you feel about what you saw last night? You don't need to apologize. It's what okay. I call a professional loss. It's yeah. where it's re it's respectful. Um, you essentially didn't shoot the ball very well, which is kind of why you lost 13 of 42 from three, just 31%, and missed some wide open ones down the stretch. You know, you didn't rebound the ball quite as well as you could, a bit of transition defense. These are all things that we know about, but the, the Hornets were going, you know, toe-to-toe -to -toe with a good Western Conference team. They didn't have Harold for basically the whole second half. 
Yeah, we need to get into um, so that. Yeah. You're right. A lot of these games we've had where there's been wins and then losses, there's been such wild swings one, for, one way for another. This just seemed like a kind of standard NBA loss where if you played a little bit better, you probably would have won. Um, but you can't play, you know, this team, fourth youngest team in the NBA, they're not going to be consistent every single night. I think I've been amazed how consistent they've been over the last two weeks. Um, but that Denver team last night played well. And look, some of those ball bounces for Jokic, those offensive rebounds just went straight back to him at the, the worst times. I feel like Jokic played volleyball more than other big guys did with this team. And maybe that's just Jokic's game, too, you know, where he just taps the ball, taps the ball, finally grabs the rebound. Those offensive boards at the end just destroyed this team. You know, they had their opportunities. And in the end, it was the biggest play of the game, that that offensive rebound that he got that made it a two-possession game. Hornets couldn't come back, couldn't hit shots anyway. But Jokic just cleaned up the glass with the 19 boards that we talked about. And, you know, we'll get to some of that conversation in the last segment. I want to, you know, tease that a little bit as well. Um, but JB talked about the lack of rebounding and how much it hurt him. We'll get to that later on. Let's do some individual performance stuff here, James, because I think if you look at, you know, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, those were the guys that had it going. LaMelo hit a couple of big-time threes to get them within an opportunity to win this one. He goes 8 of 21, 4 of 11 from 3. But LaMelo has just been on fire this month. Like, if you look at what he's done uh, from deep, he's hit 43%. He's shooting 89.7% uh, from the free throw line. Um, I feel like he's been more aggressive in some spots. There was the one game where he only missed, like, two shots within two-point range. I just feel like LaMelo's, as this team is starting to improve, I think you've seen LaMelo play some of his best basketball of the season, and that's always nice to see your superstar start to play some really good basketball as the season comes to an end as well. Yeah, and it only seemed like a couple of weeks ago we were saying, we were making excuses for Melo being like, you know, he's never played this many games in a season. Uh, he, it's a sophomore slump. He's played all the games. He's barely missed any time. Like, he's going to be tired. And he just seems to have bounced back. I think the All-Star break, even though he was busy during the All-Star break, really helped him. And yeah, I think the other thing is his three-point attempt rate has gone way up. Um, he's taken a lot more. He's firing him, baby. That's what he, he is, for he sure. Led, like he gets these <laughs> offensive rebounds and it's so weird because you see him run to the corner and you know, he's just going to like do a 180 spin, turn around and shoot. <laughs> and you're kind of okay with it. Uh, it the way he's hitting. I mean, look, I, I think there's this game stretch where he hit four last night, right? Four of 11 against the Denver Nuggets. So the last time he did not hit multiple threes in a game, it was against Boston. It was that loss. And he goes 0 of 4, 6 of 12 from the field, but goes 0 of 4 from deep. Every other game after that, so right at the start of that five-game win streak, he goes 2 of 7. He's hit multiple threes in every single game since. So really impressive what he's doing from deep. Um, and the other thing, just real quickly with LaMelo, two things I've noticed that have been fun, like little tiny quirks. One, LaMelo's like, borderline moving screen, but officials aren't going to call it, for other dudes to get open shots off from deep. Sneaky part of LaMelo's game. Like, he'll do the box out for guys that are in the corner where a guy's trying to rotate over and he won't let him by. Love that in LaMelo's game. That's one. But also, just last night, LaMelo almost stole two possessions defensively. You know, look, we know about his gambling. We know that's a problem. He leaves his whole team out man sometimes when he misses, right? That happens, and it's a problem. He's got to pick out the right spots. 
But boy, he almost stole two possessions. One he outright did, and he got a layup for it. Excellent fake, and then finish on the other end of the basket. And then almost got that basketball from Nikola Jokic again. Like th- some, some really cool down-the-stretch plays, even defensively, making stuff happen for LaMelo. So really like to see that. Um, let's talk about Miles before we go to break real quick, James. 12 of 22. Miles started attacking. Mike Malone, I saw that tweet, was yelling at his team for not being able to contain Miles getting the basket at will he finishes 12 7 points 11 rebounds what did you make of miles bridges performance last night just more of the same over the last kind of 10 games or so miles has been on a tear it's weird because i think he's probably been playing his best basketball maybe since the first couple of weeks of the season yeah. yet people are beginning to talk about most improved and he seems to be dropping further and further down people's lists like they don't realize that he's on a tear recently i mean he's up to 43 percent from three over the last 10 games and we know that just opens up his entire game because you can't stop him when he drives. But what teams have been doing has just been sitting back. And I'm, I don't think Miles has really taken kind of many different shots from three. I generally just think they're beginning to go in and he stuck with it. And we all knew he was a better shooter than he has been kind of the most of this season. But hopefully if he can carry the shooting into the, the play-in or the playoffs, that's going to be huge for him because, uh, yeah, when he's hitting a shot, He's just a really, really tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, especially with the free throw rate up this year, uh, there's there's not a whole lot to stop. Uh, there's not a whole lot you can do to stop him if he starts hitting those threes. And what he's been doing lately, it's been really nice. It wasn't going down for him last night, really. Uh, just two of ten from three-point range. And Miles even said it um, in the post-game availability last night that he's, he felt like he settled for some jumpers from deep. And when he was attacking, he was hitting, finishing right hand, left hand, whether it was some highlight dunks, which I feel like he's been giving us more of lately, or whether it was just some kind of finesse layups around some bodies. You know, he was hitting uh, at a really high rate, and the three-point shot just wasn't working for him last night. But as you mentioned, it kind of has throughout this recent positivity stretch for the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's take a quick break, but not before we talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is something you need to try to get on if you're having trouble sticking to your New Year's resolution, trying to be fit. I'm sticking to mine, trying to at least, and it's because of the help of Built.com. One, the Built Bars are great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They taste like a candy bar, maybe even better, but they're also high in protein, they're high in fiber, and they're low in sugar, and they're low in in carbs. It's it's phenomenal stuff with Built Bars. So make sure you go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. More James Plowright helping us out here on the Locked On Hornets podcast coming up next. Is Locked On Hornets. We've been trying to decipher what the Thanksgiving sixth dish of the year is. Like, is there a dish at Thanksgiving that you think is the sixth dish of the year coming off of the bench and giving you big time minutes helping you win games? Wow. Well, see, I've been kind of screwed um, by my selection of a wife. Um, I always love sweet Elaborate, games. Eric. Hurry, elaborate. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. James Plowright helping us out, Locked on Hornets podcast from overseas. Follow him on Twitter, at British underscore buzz. What time is it over there right now? It's just after 2 p.m. in the afternoon over here. So, man, that's what's crazy is because you hang out in post-game availability, right? Like, so, so what time are those games tipping off for you? And at what point do you go to bed after you collect all, the, all of the audio and the comments from everybody afterwards? Yeah, well, for all home games, they normally start tip off at midnight. 
finish around quarter past 2 a.m. And then media availability, when I do them, can sometimes go up until quarter past three, half past three in the morning. It did last night. The players are pretty <laughs> yeah. slow coming they out. Were. They were. I, yeah, they were. Yeah, they definitely were slow. Yeah, so that's, that's the real painful bit. Um, yeah, so, so generally a five-hour time difference, which everyone always like, how do you do that? But if I'm being really honest, like, I would not be able to cover the team if it was on in like the evening, my time over here. Cause I would have things that clash. My fiance would be wanting me to do things like I had family commitments. <laughs> no one's doing anything between midnight and 2 AM. So it's my own little kind of bubble where I'm not interrupted and I can just focus fully on Hornets. So yeah, uh, well, it, it kind of works out well. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, at the same time, you could also be sleeping during that time, James. Like maybe a normal person. It, that that's not. <laughs> I like how you're like. Well, you know, look, I'm not doing anything else. You could be sleeping. I, I think that's the part that makes it so tough. It it goes to show the grind, and I respect that. Um, let's talk a little bit about you for a second too. You're going to Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think. Or have you already started? When are you starting? Yeah, I'm. I'm start. I've started already. Okay. Um, I've just kind of last last past week. I've, I've come on board, so I've started doing some stuff there. So, yeah, exciting times. I think it's kind of a relatively new project, uh, but looking forward to building it into something. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And you also did the podcast, and you still are going to do the podcast to finish at the season, uh, finish the end of the season at the Hive with Chase Whitney. We've had him on before. Chase is a great dude, and and it was a great episode I listened to this past. Uh, one that you put out along with Chase, kind of talking about Gordon Hayward. And so um, really excellent stuff. Make sure you go check him out again. You can see the Twitter handle right there if you're on YouTube, at British underscore buzz. I want to continue that conversation, all right? Let's take that. I'm going to steal it. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to steal that content from your podcast. We're going to use it right here. Um, Gordon Hayward, right? Still out. The injury report, it comes out every single game, and Gordon Hayward is out with an ankle problem every single game. You kind of wonder, when are we going to get that questionable or doubtful designation? I mean, look, I think we're all just hoping for doubtful at this point. Any kind of hope would be nice to see, but it continues to take place. You know, I, I think I think we can expect him back sometime in the next week and a half. Like, I mean, at, at some point you'd put your palms up in the air and say, hey, look, it's it's the end of the season already. Like, duh, of course. But, you know, we'll see. Um, man, I, how do you integrate? One, what are your thoughts on Gordon Hayward's injury? Just kind of trying to integrate him back into the lineup. And uh, how do you think he'll perform when he does come back? Well, I think Cupcheck said yesterday on an interview with WFNZ that they can expect him back before the regular season. Okay. Um, I, I think they would maybe be trying to rush him back if maybe things weren't quite so rosy right now for the Hornets. I mean, it's kind of a really difficult situation now. And we have this discussion on the podcast is if Hayward is available to come back, does he come back and start from day one? Um, do you bring him off the bench? Like you've got this group that's kind of rolling. I, I, like if I, you know, I've, I've coached not basketball before, but I've coached uh, football over in the UK. When you've got a team that are doing well, winning and doing kind of everything right, it's really hard to disrupt that and it can really knock people's confidence if you disrupt that flow, even if you are bringing someone back who has the respect of the team and is going to contribute. But uh, I think it's a really difficult thing that Borrego's got. I, I don't know how he's going to do it. I wouldn't be surprised that they try and give Hayward as much time as possible. So if this team keeps playing well, stays in that ninth seed and, and doesn't kind of have to cling on for that play-in, I think they might try to give him as much time as possible and not rush him back. Yeah, so this is this is interesting too. I've thought about this as well. Yeah, how do you bring Gordon Hayward back? And last year, 
you didn't really have this problem with Gordon because when he was out, he was out. Like you just never brought him back. And that was the weird injury is a little bit worrisome because you expected Gordon Hayward to come back at some point and LaMelo to maybe be out the rest of the year. It was actually vice versa. LaMelo came back the last 10 games and indefinitely, indefinitely, Gordon Hayward just never came back. So we never really saw how that would take place trying to bring him back to the lineup. This year, we got a little taste of it, and we saw him come back after that injury at first, you know, three games, and doesn't do doesn't do very well. You know, doesn't shoot the ball very well when he comes back. I don't know if that was just some kind of small sample size. Who knows? I mean, he d- didn't seem very healthy. I wonder, you know, that's got to be something that the Hornets are doing right now, making sure he is at least close to 100%, especially with them playing pretty well right now. And then you try to bring him back into the lineup because at the end of the day, dude's making over 30 mil a year. You want to make sure he's as healthy as possible. James, I I actually think you bring him back. And as soon as he's ready to go, like you don't have to give him, you know, 30 minutes. You can try to wean him in a little bit. I, I just I think Kelly Oubre's play has warranted Gordon just coming right in and uh, like you can put Miles at the three, PJ at the four, and start those guys if you want to. That's fine. I, I just I think Gordon's got to get still a pretty significant amount of minutes. Like you know, give me twenty five something like that. I just I can't trust Kelly James. Like I, that, and that's the thing I've been talking about. He had a decent night last night when he got to the basket. Right, that's when he's been hitting his shots. But I, I don't know, man. It, it, Jalen McDaniels is somebody that I would even like to have even more so because defensively, I, th- I thought he battled last night. Like, I, you know, I was I was impressed with, with some of the stuff that he was able to do. Even you, you think he come his defense is more helpful, like on the perimeter, being long can move a little bit. But like even down low, he was battling as much as anybody. H- how do you try to figure that whole thing out? McDaniels, Ubre, Gordon Hayward. I agree with you with Ubre. I mean, second half of the season, it's been a slog, you know, shooting under 30% from three over the last 10. Um, if, if I'm being honest, we we went through and picked our player rotations in that podcast. And I think almost all of us had Kelly Ubre like out of the rotation. We want to give those minutes to McDaniels as that kind of like forward swing piece uh, and Haywood, like you said. And I think the if you've got Haywood, like Ubre gives you the offense with that second unit, which sometimes need that, maybe less so now you've got uh, Isaiah, but with Hayward coming back in there again, I don't think you necessarily need that scoring punch as much, and that McDaniel's defensive versatility becomes really interesting. So, I, I think how things play out here, you know, he had a quote in the Rod Boone piece the other day saying that, um, like he needs to, he know he needs to get in rhythm, something of that yeah. nature. Which you read between the lines, it's like essentially I'm not playing <laughs> enough, but I'm right. too good a professional to come out and say that. Um, so I, I think he's which we've heard from him it. before, by the way, like he, you know, he kind of hinted at that in his time with Golden State, you know, yeah. like with the Warriors who have look, love me some Hornets, man, like Warriors got a little bit better culture right now with what they've been able to accomplish. And Kelly was as boisterous to say I should be starting and getting all these minutes there, even with a depleted roster. I get it. I, it's just not new with Kelly and, and I like him as a dude you know I, I think I, I love the vibe how do you not love the tsunami poppy vibe like it, it was all great in the first half but in the second half I mean he's just not hitting shots and 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 look to be fair as well I've had my problems with James Brago having a short leash with dudes you know I've had my problems with him and far as rotation I, I think getting a rhythm I think that is a real thing I just feel like yeah. I, I feel like Kelly Kelly can't say that like Kelly Kelly has played enough 
I mean, hell, he played 26 minutes last night. It's not like he's outright not given Kelly minutes, even in this stretch. We're saying he's not playing him as much. The lowest he got to was five, but that was kind of like a one-off game. You know, at, at some, you know, he still was playing 17, 15, and then even before that, he was getting more. I just, yeah, that 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 thing for Kelly, that comment for Kelly specifically doesn't really fly with me. Well, I don't know, because if, if you look at his career, whenever he's got regular starting minutes in Washington, Phoenix, like, and then in Charlotte earlier in the year, he's actually played really well. And whenever he's been asked to kind of play a role off the bench, he struggled. So he, I think he just is one of those guys that some people just, you know, I think he's got it in his mind now that, oh, if I miss the shot, then I'm going to get pulled at the next time out. And he is his, at his best when he has no conscience. He can also be at his worst. But he is kind of at his best in his own mind when he's just able to go out there and play his game and not have to worry about the consequences, which like, I'm sorry, professional basketball players, we have to worry about the consequences. Like there has to be if the team isn't playing well or the player's not playing well. And, and Kelly's been struggling now for a good few weeks. Yeah, I mean, he has. Like, And you even see, so look, if you go back to when we really started to see a minutes depletion, the first one that sticks out in this game log is when he played 16 against Boston. He played 16-30, 14-50, 16-30, That's when he was going into the teens, and he wasn't that low. Really, I mean, you have to go way up the game log, not even worth exploring, to be honest with you. So I, that that's before that he was getting his 30 he was getting his 20 and now Kelly you know he got 26 last night which I, I think is notable um man you think about the money he lost too you know we he was a legit six man of the year candidate like people were talking about him like being at least second place Tyler Hero at, at least at the time was talked about as the guy and I mean Kelly's not even he's not in the running anymore it, it did always kind of feel like the bubble was going to pop though I think all Hornets fans were yeah. like waiting for it to stop and it never did and i don't feel like anyone's like shocked <laughs> that kelly Oubre is now gonna ice cold like because the type of shots he takes they're just really high variant shots and they're really tough shots as well well yeah and the thing about kelly too is like th what he was doing positively shooting from three like that was a little unprecedented maybe not for that sample size but like to keep that up for a season's pace I mean, he had never really shot that and kept it up as well. So you're right. Like, it, it probably was going to pop, and it certainly did for one Kelly Oubre. All right, let's take one more break and then go to one more segment before we end it here with James today. Let's discuss Bet Online. After months of playing college basketball, they have determined the top teams for the Final Four that will determine this year's national champion this coming week. How about North Carolina Duke? Crazy game coming up. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds contests and player props you name it bet online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments including podcasts reviews for all the leagues this season and it's not just basketball online is bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online where the game starts one more segment with james plowright coming up on the lockdown hornets podcast is locked on hornets all right, so so we've got Al, or we've got the question, how? Like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much, an unbelievable amount on the line? Uh, Doug, I respected in the nth degree, uh, but Walker, I'm telling you, it just became... It, ah. Every single person who saw that reacted that way. Some of us just were tight, That's right. tighter than others, and I just had to release this from my body. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
All right, James, you're a busy man. I got to get you out of here. I did want to try to promote your work, though, real quickly. You're working on a pretty uh, interesting piece as it revolves around the Charlotte Hornets compared to other teams and what they've done in the past. Why don't you tell us about that and where we can find it when it's all said and done? So I know everyone loves nothing more about learning about rebounding, especially defensive rebounding. Oh, God, right? so I know it tasty. gets people excited. But the Hornets are a bottom five defensive rebounding team. We've seen that been their Achilles heel this season. And the, the team's pretty like kind of locked in in terms of the young core going forward. And the, I think a lot of people look at it and go, there is a structural issue here with defensive rebounding, apart from the gap at center, which like, how is this team going to overcome it? So I'm, I'm working on a piece for Sports Illustrated, but I went, looked back at the past eight seasons and looked at teams who jumped up 15 places in terms of ranking compared to the other teams in defensive rebounding. And in eight seasons, in terms of like making that major jump, there were 12 teams. And it really interesting that about half of those, the big change was the coach. Mm-hmm. And the other half, there was a major change in terms of personnel or roster. Clint Capella, by the way, appeared three times when he just like completely <laughs> improved teams' defensive so, rebounding. So that's the answer. We just need to trade for Clint Capella. That's what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, apparently so. Um, so it was about 50-50. And then there was one team, which was the 2015 Toronto Raptors, who essentially didn't change the coach, didn't have a massive addition at center, but made a significant jump. They were moved up 24 places from one season to the next. Um, so that's kind of where I'm up to a minute. I want to dive into more about what that team did because when we start to project with this team, we think Borrego is going to be here long term. You think a lot of the core, we still don't know about that center position, and that's the big one here. But about 50% of those teams who had major jumps, it was due to a massive upgrade, most of the time due to a center, whether it was Marc Gasol, Clint Capella, Vucevic, or Joel Embiid, or DeAndre Jordan. So those are the kind of names like dominant right. defensive rebounders that can make the difference for the whole team. Uh, man, if you were just a little bit later with that Raptors team, I was thinking, like, are we saying Biz is the answer? Are we? Do <laughs> we need to go back and get Bismack Biombo in order to help our rebounding? But that 2015, that's just a little early, right? Like, he was 2017? What, what was the year they where he essentially got paid? Because he had the good I think he got paid the summer of 2016. Okay, so it was one, yeah. By Orlando, and then... Yeah, I, like I, I think it was like that where he had that crazy one. But um, I was going to say that after all of this research and after all of this hard work that you're grinding on, the answer, all right, we got to go back. We got to get biz. That's what we have to do. All right, that's James Plowright of Sports Illustrated, most recently now of Sports Illustrated, just named that this past week. So awesome stuff, man. Congratulations once again. Can't wait, that, uh, can't wait to check out your work with Sports Illustrated. But you still have stuff coming out at The Hive. You're going to finish that podcast for the season with Chase Whitney. So go check that out and you can follow his work on twitter at british underscore buzz james really appreciate the time man thanks once again anytime thanks for having me on walker absolutely we'll try to do this uh sooner rather than uh later because it was been too long james plowright once again joining us on the lockdown hornets podcast thanks again for hopping on and making us your first listen every day make sure you go check out lockdown now and check us out on youtube anywhere you get your podcast have a great rest of your day and we'll be back with you tomorrow